We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here we are. There you are. It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Hope you're having a good Monday so far. Better than Vince and I are having. We were just commiserating well, right before we got things Yours started. may be worse than mine. I attempted to cut the grass today, and my lawnmower ah, won't start. I thought you were doing that last week, like right after well, the rain came through or it's something. It's a once-a-week job there, Sean Styers. I don't know what you're talking about. but well, I don't uh, know what day it was we talked. I get the- <laughs> Everything's all screwed. Maybe it was, I know, right? Was Tuesday the last time we did a show together? I think Ooh. it was because uh, we, you and yeah. Jesse had to switch and everything. Yep, so. and it was Tuesday that I mowed the lawn, and here we are again on Tuesday. I guess we did no, Friday. It says Monday. Together. We did Monday. Friday together, but uh, it, it yeah. would have been Tuesday, I think, that you yep. probably mowed. So today's Monday, and it's growing like a weed out there, man. It's like I gotta, I gotta cut down that jungle. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pushing mine a little bit this week. Because we're, you know, doing vacation next week. Jesse mm-hmm. will be here house sitting yep. for me, but uh, he's doing other stuff and like actual work. And just say it, he's useless. So I need to. <laughs> well, you know, there's that too. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's gone a long time without having those kind of outdoor duties, going to college and then living in an apartment. Right. You know, I went to the dentist today, but my daughter's got an appointment. I've got to take her to tomorrow as well. So we've got back-to-back dentist days and I got some fillings. I've decided this, like, do you go to the dentist fairly regularly? Every, you know, twice a year. Okay. So you're, you've been going. I do now. What's your cavity situation? Like how, what's, how long did you go in between? Like, like, did you have a long stretch? 10 years. That's (laughs) not quite as long as like, actually my initial (laughs) I probably went more than 10 years and then I went, I didn't really like the dentist. Yep. So I stopped yep. going to him and then I went to a new one, like probably six or seven years later, something like that. Yep. This is what I've, when I first, you know, broke my string of however many years, you know, I didn't have that many cavities, right? I just brushed twice a day, did my thing. Don't, you know, we all probably need to floss better. I don't know how you are with the flossing. No, I'm terrible about it. But here's, since I've started going, I've got this string. I'm getting cavities filled all the time. I think the dentist thing is a scam. I think you're better off <laughs> leaving the tartar on your teeth. I think it protects your teeth because now I've got more cavities. It's like it's it's a vicious cycle. You go to the dentist. They clean your teeth. It takes all the stuff off. You know, they want to tell you about fluoride. I think you're better with tartar than fluoride. I had fewer <laughs> cavities. After seven years of not going to the dentist, I had fewer cavities than I've, I've got them all the time now. So, I so I, like I said I, I didn't go for like 10 years, and it's because yeah. you know I, I, I tweeted today a retweet of the two old men in the balcony, and I know you saw it. Uh-huh. I, I, get I like compared, it. I get compared to them a lot, which is fine, it's totally acceptable. And um, I got pissed one time and I stopped going, and it was like 10 years. <laughs> And yes, and that Luke, that's one of the reasons right there. I, they are. I, I feel I, so there's judged. This, I, I didn't. I didn't have this um, hygienist today, but the one that I usually have, oh. she's just all up my stuff, man. It's like, give me a break. I know. Man. I yes. know exactly. Like, and so, 
And that's, I, that's another I, reason. But, like, I was yep. scarred as a kid. Like, literally, I had one of these incidents where the dentist chased me around you know, the chair because I didn't want the needle, right? And I, I heard this kid crying today. The next room over, I was like, I feel for you, kid. Like, <laughs> right? the crying was a little annoying after a while, but uh -huh. it's like I, I remembered back to when I was a kid. I'm yeah. like, I, I know exactly what you're – I'm not going to judge. I know exactly where you were. <laughs> I, had, I was told by the hygienist, dentist, whatever – that a lot of people have one or the other. They either get cavities or they have like super sensitive, like bloody gums, like one or the other. Yeah. I fall under the category of the super sensitive bloody gums. I have never had a cavity in my life. Ever. See, and Jesse, he'll be on tomorrow. <laughs> when he was in high school, he got a filling and he didn't want the needle so bad. He got the filling without the shot. He Whoa. just let him. He let him drill his teeth. I mean, that's nope. like that's a nope. bold move right there. That, that is that a bold. Is. How do you feel about that afterwards? He, you know, he still says he'd rather do that than the shot. Today wow. they put wow. like the, like the pre stuff in the numbing there and let gel it sit. first. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't even feel the needle. Like if they yeah. had that forty years ago when I was a exactly kid, like we would have been that's in a lot different place. Uh, another good piece of advice I was given, you know. Close your eyes when the needle comes in, man, because that thing is massive. <laughs> I and stopped just as soon as my head goes back, I close my eyes. Right, yep. it's like when I get on a roller. When I used to get on the roller coasters <laughs> with the kids, my yep. eyes were always closed. Like if you ever saw those photos, you know that they have at the end. Dad's eyes were always closed, and there's Jesse. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was always the fun of the roller coasters: is finding the camera, you know, oh, making a face man. or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of the dentist, and I never ever look forward to it ever it's horrible yeah i know uh i saw the new tom cruise movie this weekend but the, the mission, impossible. mission impossible yes i'm no spoilers well go ahead well go ahead i i have not been like big on the mission impossible but maybe okay. because like i'm suckered by you know a year ago around this time top gun maverick and all that wait whoa whoa but, whoa, whoa, whoa whoa are you saying that wasn't a good movie no, I'm saying that's why I went. Oh, that's why gotcha. I went to okay. see it. I was I okay. was drawn I was confused in for a second. by the okay. cruiseness, gotcha. Mission Impossible, the and I had actually like, like you know, pandemic and you know since pandemic, like I spent more time watching some of the old Mission Impossibles. Like, okay, oh, I was like these aren't you know these are these are entertaining anyway, and I'd heard good stuff. Do we do we have to get greeted by Tom Cruise every time we go to a movie? Now is my question because. Do you remember when you went to see Top Gun Maverick in the mm -hmm. theaters? There was like the Tom Cruise, you know, before the movie came on. He's like, hey, you know, thanks for coming. We made this for you. All that stuff. Remember that, he, yeah. He did another one of those. Really? Before Mission Impossible. It was like him and the director. And it's like, we made this for you so you could watch it in the movie theater. And I'm like, so you're going to greet us every movie now? Or like, what's the personal Tom Cruise greeting? Like, they're, they're, they're trying very hard to get people to actually come out to the theater. I, I, guess I, so. will, I will say that because I'm actually married to somebody who will remain nameless, who <laughs> is totally willing to wait till it comes out on a streaming service, like mm. various movies and things. I'm the complete opposite. I want to be in the theater to watch eat my popcorn, enjoy the yes. surround sound, the whole deal. Like I don't have Especially the big action movies right. and stuff like that. You need, I don't have a need... home theater where I can get immersed right. in the movie. I'm usually watching it on my iPad or in the living room with all the kids. Like I need the theater, you know? <laughs> so I am the complete opposite. And, but the, the one thing is, and I think your wife is very similar. She has to be in the theater. If I wanted to pay attention to a movie though. Uh, that's my wife will definitely get up and start doing dishes and house. It drives right. me nuts. And then come back and ask a boatload of questions. It's right. like, right. Pause. Like I, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. And you know, like in like th that movie was like more than two and a half hours, I think, <sighs> but it went by pretty quickly. It was, okay. it was a nice pace and it okay. was, you know, had some humor in it and a lot of action, obviously, because it's mission impossible, but you're right. Right. Suck I, me in. I don't think I've seen any of them, to be honest with you. I think the first one really? came out when I was in high school. So that okay. tells you how long this franchise has been going. Here's here's a here's here's one spoiler. Okay. Emilio Estevez dies in the original. In case you haven't seen it 25 years ago. 
It's like Emilio Estevez dies within the first 20 minutes. It, I think it would have been like nice. Would have been kind of cool to have Emilio attached to right? this, you know, because like Ving Rames and Simon Pegg have been in just about everyone since okay. then. But like it would have been nice. It would have been kind of cool if like what's Emilio Estevez doing otherwise? Right. Mighty Ducks movies. That's yeah, about it's like it. How many Mighty Ducks movies can you Yeah, find? they're all adults now. It's not gonna work, but right. you know. Let's talk some Notre Dame football. What do you Please. think? Now that we got now that we got our dentist and lawn mowing and Tom Cruise. Are you gonna go see Oppenheimer? Because that one looks really good. I'm thinking about it. Okay. The previews saw the previews for that yeah. while I was there, and it right. struck me a little bit more than I thought it would. Okay, just okay. by seeing those previews, I I so. want to see Indiana Jones and I want to see Oppenheimer. Those are the only two on my list right now. We just... were talking about Indiana Jones when it came out, and because of the length, she didn't want to see it. Mm. And then maybe maybe if you and I can find some time, we can go do that at some point. That might have because nobody in my family has any desire like i couldn't get dylan yeah. into the franchise you know what i mean and like right there was no way the crystal skull was gonna do it so <laughs> i've heard this one's better so maybe you and i need to do that not a bad idea it's yeah. gonna be a little while though since uh, we got all true, kinds of got vacation and all that fun that's stuff, right so that's right we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Maris Leofow is our cover boy for today's episode. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, I did not. Salty saying he looks like some kind of zombie berserker coming right at your, for your soul. The, uh, the question today is what players most need to have a, a strong fall training camp? Um, and I originally, when I sent you the, the outline, I said five. Mm -hmm. I sat down and kind of started doing a list. I came up with much more than five. So if you have more <laughs> than five, we'll just kind of. That sounds about right. Tough exercise, really. Because yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. for different different degrees for different sure. reasons, yeah. I'd say. But like, Leah Fowl is the cover boy. And if you want to just start with it, is he on your list? Did you put He's not on, on my list? list. And I hate to say it um, because as an analyst, as somebody that is analyzing the team, you know, he's probably the presumed starter going into fall. But, you know, he's going to have, I think he's going to have to compete for the position, whatever. Is it wrong to say as a fan, though, I've kind of written him off and I, 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 it would be great if he could do and be that guy, right? It's the, the guy that we all got a glimpse of in fall camp that one year, right? Was that 21 at the beginning of the 21 season? Like, yeah, two if, he years could be, ago. if he could be that guy, that'd be great. I just, I don't know if it's going to happen. And so I'm already kind of looking down the barrel of the next, the next wave, you know what I mean? And so I did not have him on my list uh, because I don't think it's going to happen. I, I've got him just because, you know, he, he played the most snaps of anyone on the defense craziness. last year. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, if he's going to continue to play, like, if you look right now, 
the traditional defense that they roll out there, Bertrand, J.D. Bertrand is the Mike. Leah Fow, at least during the spring, was still the number one Will linebacker. But Jack Kaiser played, I, I, as we've talked about plenty on this show before, his I think his strength is more playing Will than Rover. And yeah. you're bringing in Thomas Harper from Oklahoma State. We saw some sub packages last year where they played more nickel. Like, do they morph this defense a little bit? So that nickel is more the base than sure. you know than than even having the rover out there on the field. So you get more of JD Bertrand and Kaiser out there together, and maybe Leofow subs in a little bit. And you know, you, then you've got more of Thomas Harper on the field. And then obviously you have your dime pack, you know, all those different things. Sure. If it's if it's a traditional, if it's a traditional Defense, though, I think Leofeld definitely needs to have a big – well, that's – I think most people would say that, but how does Al Golden see it? How does Marcus sure. Freeman see it? You know, like who's who's pushing that button, you know, between all this experience and, you know, some of these guys behind him, you know, like where Jalen Sneed fits in. And I think we are right. going to see some of Jalen Sneed. But, you know, again, like is that going to be more sub-package stuff or – can he find his way on, you know, like again, if it's a you know more conventional where you've got all three linebackers out there, I think some of that's, you know, as much as players, what the, what the scheme is going to be is going to dictate some of this stuff for the defense, obviously specifically. No, absolutely. I think that there's going to be five linebackers. that are going to see significant playing time right off the bat. Now what that ends up looking like once the game start is anybody's guess. And I'm obviously taking the Navy game out of there because sometimes the personnel in the Navy game is completely different than anything we'll ever see the rest of the year. So once they get yeah, to like, like go no, ahead. go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you. I was just no, no, you yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right that you know the right. safety becomes more important. Right. You got all the whole thing. It's yeah. all nutty. So you know, JD Bertrand, Kaiser, um, Marist, Nolan Ziegler. And Jalen Sneed. Like, those are the five guys that I think you're going to see in some sort of fashion. Now, it's all going to depend on, to be honest with you, it's going to depend on Nolan, Jalen, and Marist to decide what that rotation is going to be, in my opinion. Now, right. that that's, that is going into it believing that, you know, all things being equal, guys are fighting for their jobs, and there's no bias from the coaching staff, right? So, I think it's going to be because I think JD and Jack, they're going to play and they're going to be fine. They're going to do their thing. They're each going to take a step forward from where they were. They're going to be fine. What are the other three and what does that rotation look like between those three? I think is really the question. That's one of the biggest question marks right. in camp, right? And, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, again, speaking of spoilers, if you haven't been on the Champions Lounge today, Brian had a lot of really good. Into the defensive line and the linebackers, and he mentioned the line. And again, I'm not going to like just regurgitate what he said, right? But you know, that's part of why Marist is on this list. I think you know, just based on what he said. So if you're you're a member, go to the premium board, and you'll see exactly what Brian said about a lot of defensive linemen, where there's you know a lot of good stuff on them, and some of the linebackers as well. That's just his comment. Make just made me say, well. This this needs to be a big fall camp, you know. But again, I think the scheme is going to dictate some of that, you know. So, you know, what what they ultimately end up playing more of, I think. And I mean, you know, look, like you said, Navy's going to be different because it's Navy. But there are so many other def- um, offenses. College football is so pass heavy now that it it kind of makes sense to have that that you know that nickel that extra defensive back out there, right? More often, so. Yep. So who is on your list? You didn't have Marist. I had Marist. Well, and give I give me somebody from your list to start. Sure. And I, I ranked them, but I don't I could put these in any order. You know what I mean? I just to keep myself organized, well, I did it one through I five. I started to, but like I said, like <laughs> you know, and I and I, I kept it at five on, you know, with us. Right. And then I just went da 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 da. And it's like, man, eh, you know, there's a pretty yeah. good amount of guys out there. So, so my first one, I completely cheated. Um, and I have a group of guys and a group as in two, 
Um, and I kind of did that as well. Like yeah. I, I was like, should we, you know, we could have just made this position battles, you know, the way it ended up. Right. But yeah. But yeah. because I don't know who this is going to be, I did make it a group. So whoever, this is my number. So, so I, I ranked them. This will be my number five. Okay. So mm-hmm. I put backup quarterbacks. One of those two guys, whether it's Minchie, whether it's Angeli, somebody needs to step up and just, just you know, stranglehold the number two quarterback position. I honestly don't care who it is. It, it, I have no dog in the fight for a backup quarterback, right? But somebody needs to be the true number two guy, oh. and I think whoever that is, one of those two guys needs to step up because look, there's no quarterback competition. The quarterback competition is for the number two spot, right? Exactly. So. I need to know who that is. And you're going to have all fall camp to rotate through the number twos and figure out who that guy is. But somebody's going to need to take a step. And so I've got them at number five. And that's why, to me, because I thought about that as well. I'm like, well, is it Angeli? Is it Kenny Minchie between them? Who is this bigger? Because Angeli is a year older and Minchie, and then obviously with Carr coming in next year, I think that this is a huge fall camp for Steve Angeli. Uh, it's yeah. it's one of the last chances I think he's going to have it, you know, cool. to, to really make an impression. So that's why I think it is really big for him. Can he show that at least coming out of camp that he yeah. is the guy, you know, like if if Sam Hartman goes down, that, that he deserves to be the guy who's one sure. snap away from getting out there on the field. You know what? That's a really good call because this, this preseason camp is going to be a precursor to spring of 24, fall of 24, and what kind of transfer they're going to go out and get, and if Steve Angel is even going to be here. Or Kenny Minchie for that, man. You know, whatever, right? right? right. Uh, because I think it's going to put the writing on the wall for whoever loses the number two quarterback battle and, and goes into the season as number three. Now, if it's Kenny Minchie, I think that's to be expected, right? And so I don't think he'll jump ship right away and he'll still want to battle for that spot. But if it's... But if Steve Angeli is number three, does he start to think, okay, well, I don't know that I'm ever going to make it. And so I'll play out the season, you know, and then I'm going to be looking at my options, right? So what is that going to look like? So this could be the first step to figuring out what 24 looks like. And I know we need to, the coaching staff is worried about 23 Mm -hmm. and they should be, right? And that's what we should be worried about. But, but if you're Gino Gaduli and Jared Parker, especially, right. you've you've got to you got to know. Eye has to be on that. You know, absolutely. You, that that's at least in the back of your mind. If you know, if not 50-50 part of the deal, because like you said, Hartman is going to be number one. It's how close are are Steve Angeli and Kenny Minchin, right. I think, especially by the end of camp. You know, when they wrap up camp absolutely, and they go into game prep week week, they have to know who number two is going to be and. And that's, you know, that's that's why I think it's huge for Angeli. And they do, you know, again, like they have to be kind of logging that, I think, for for future reference as this season goes on. King, King we need King Steve. Boyd. Yeah, says we need Steve this year. Absolutely, you need Steve Angeli. You need him moving forward too. And I would be upset if he left, you know. But. Put yourself in Steve Angeli's shoes. If he loses out on the number two competition this year, right, and he's number three, and he goes into spring as number two, essentially, right, because Hartman mm-hmm. would leave, Carr comes in to assume that number three role going into spring, and then it's a competition, right? If he's not where he wants to be and he wants to play college football, what do you do? You know, I mean, I – I'm not, not too many options. Yeah, and I'm not looking down on Steve Angeli if he decides that he wants to go someplace else and wants to play. I just, you know, I get it. I, I would I would counsel him as his father or something, be like, hey, get your degree, and then you can do whatever you want, you know, and he wouldn't be there, obviously, because this is year two, right? Or He's a sophomore this year, right? So Yeah, going into um, a sophomore. It seems like longer because of the fact that he enrolled early last year, I think. Right. You know, so he's going he's, he's in his sophomore season this year and if he stays through spring, he would have probably a year to go before he would get his degree. I would counsel him to stick around. I think around. he would be I think he would be like one more, you know, because of the fact that he is an early enrollee, I think he would only be like a semester away. 
Basically. You think he'd graduate in December, like a year and a half early? I think he potentially could, you know, okay. next, you know, not this December, but next is because, right. Because you know, he'd have that early head start, you know, so there's one okay. semester and then he got two semesters last year. So that's three. And then he would get two this year, you know, assuming he goes all the way sure. to the end of the spring. So that becomes five. And then, you know, you've got a couple summer sessions, six. So I think he would it's be possible. Yeah, really close possible. to graduation by December of 2024, I guess it yeah. would be. So I would think again, depending on what all the details and all of the things, right? I would counsel him to stay, but I would totally understand if he left, if he wants to play. I get it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Do you have any running backs on your list? I don't. You don't. I do not. See, I, I think yeah. Go ahead. I think it's a I think it's a big fall for Jabron Payne. Because as Jesse and I have talked about, like the difference between spring practice and fall camp, like spring practice, it's like, you know, like one, there weren't a lot of available bodies. So Jabron Payne got a lot of extra reps, you know, because it was like him and Audrick estimated a bunch of walk-ons out there. He looked really good with the opportunities that he got. But like Jesse has talked about there, it's, it's one thing, you know, just, just to get some, more times than not, probably inconsequential, you know, reps in the spring compared to sure. now you move into fall training camp and you're gearing up for the, you know, cause like now everything is really about what's the depth chart going to look like, you know, can you crack the two deep, that kind of thing? Like does Jabron Payne have a legitimate chance to be, you know, like the, 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 the number two there, a the number two estimate, or like, you know, is it going to be Devin Ford coming in? Is it going to be sure. Jadarian Price who we've talked about? You know, it, what, what's Jeremiah love, you know, what kind of impact is he going to have? So I think it's a really, you know, somewhat similar to really to Steve Angeli, even sure. like, this is a huge opportunity for Jabron Payne to show that he's he gets ready buried, to go yeah. and he can get some actual reps out of the backfield during the season, which we really didn't get to see, you know, him do last year because of all these other guys. And especially when you do have a guy like Jeremiah love coming up, he's, he's sure. kind of got to make a, a case for himself. I think this fall. Well, cause he could very easily get buried. Right. I mean, that's, that's right. kind of the Steve Angeli argument is that if Jabron Payne doesn't do something this fall to make his presence known, then you've got Jeremiah love, you've got Jadarian price, you've got Devin, Fo- like he could very quickly get buried and I could definitely see that for sure. Yeah. Right. Chi-Town saying Devin Ford, and we've got other people. I would hope everyone has a strong camp. Well, Gang, yeah. I agree with you, but that makes for <laughs> but a again, very boring there, show. There's some guys who are in pretty good shape, you know, like, right. like Sam Hartman. Does he really need a good, you know, like, yeah, you know, expectations are pretty much where they are for Sam Hartman, no matter what. Right, and it, and it makes for a very boring show to be like, I hope every everyone needs a strong camp. Yep. Rapid fire time. See you next week <laughs> or tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So I've given a couple of mine. You've only given okay. your number five so far. Who who did you put at number four on your list? Jaden Mickey. I think that coming out of last spring, he was the talk of the town before Benjamin Morrison got to campus, right? And he was the talker and he was this and he was that. And that was great. And then, you know, they did count on him an awful lot last year as a true freshman. I mean, he was on the field a lot. And I think that he did not necessarily live up to expectations. Now, were those expectations too lofty? Maybe to a degree. But I think he kind of hit that freshman wall a little bit. And look, I think we can all agree that the two starting corners that Notre Dame is going to have are elite. They're elite. Yeah, we can have that discussion if you want. But I think they're elite. You're never going to make it through an entire season with only two. You need to have that third guy. I think Jaden Mickey can be that third guy, but he's going to have to have a strong fall camp in order to become that third guy. And in order to make it through 12, 13, 14, 15 games, whatever the case may be, right, you're going to need to give those two elite corners some breaks and some time and and things like that. Jaden Mickey comes into play here big time to me. So if he can really show and kind of match the promise that he had uh, in that spring, that early enrollee spring that he had, then I think 
he could be really be something. And this secondary then takes another step into that elite category potentially. No, I think that's a good point. And I didn't put him on my list. And again, my list expanded beyond five. He's someone I thought about, but for, for the case that you lined out and the fact that like, here's someone who was the guy in the, what the spring of 2022, and then it didn't quite pan out that way. It was a little bit more up and down once training camp rolled around last fall and, you know, got some action and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I agree. Like he's, He's next in line. Cam Hart's going to be gone after this year. You know, like Cam Hart can yeah. only and and for that matter, Cam Hart has had some injury history. So Jaden Mickey really needs to show that if if his number is called, you know, if there's an injury or something like that, that he can be ready to go as well. He's he's got the talent. It's just what you're talking about. I, so that's a good point. Maybe I should have put him on my yeah. list. You're going to have people that I would have been in like, damn, I should have had them. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's just the nature of making these lists. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I and know. the nature of having, you know, well, technically there's 22 starters, but let's be honest, they need about 35 guys to be, you know, really stinking good to be a championship level team. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're going to have people I need. I know that. So who else you got? My next one, I'm staying in the secondary and I'm going with Ramon Henderson. I, I think – on my for, list. Yeah, for a lot of the reasons that we've kind of outlined for Jabron Payne, for Steve Angeli, Ramon Henderson, I think, kind of falls in that category because he has an opportunity to start uh, at safety. Now, are they going to put the transfer kid in? Uh, you know, like what what is safety? Are the young guys going to step up? And then Henderson gets, you know, kind of buried a little bit. Like, this is his opportunity to be a dude on this defense. And that opportunity for him is not going to come around again. And so he needs to have a big fall camp in order to kind of put a stranglehold on that starting position because there's going to be a lot of guys battling for that. It's wide open, in my opinion. Wide open. Yeah, and they brought Antonio Carter in from Rhode Mm -hmm. Island. And remember, he's a guy with two years of eligibility remaining. And they brought him in to have him play at safety, even though most of his experience is at cornerback. They they look at him and they see a guy. Safety was a big need coming out of spring. Al Golden was talking about it. Safety was a big need. They brought in Antonio Carter, and that's why I've got Ramon Henderson on sure. my list as well. It's, you know, because again, he's 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 gotta make a case for himself. He's got to show for himself at this point, that he deserves to be out there to some extent. And if he can, you know, again, with the kind of guys between bringing in Antonio Carter and Thomas Harper and the fact that you have Jaden Mickey, you know, if Ramon Henderson can also show that he's capable, and obviously you have Xavier Watts as well, I think that changes some of the things that you can do at the back end. You know, like, just just like, I guess – Gosh, what's it been like four, five years, I guess now already since you had the Jalen Elliott. Oh yeah. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, <laughs> Alohi Gilman, Gilman, where they were playing three safeties. Yeah. Safety became, especially when you added Kyle Hamilton, obviously, but safety became a strength of the defense. Sure. And that's why they played three so much that season. There were some people who didn't quite grasp that going into the following year, you know, when it was pretty much Kyle Hamilton and, other guys trying to figure it out and that's kind of gradually what that position has become since Kyle Hamilton left it's like it's amazing how far off like when you think of the peak with those three guys a few years ago (laughs) to where it is now like there's some talent there that just hasn't figured it out and that's why Ramon Henderson you know again for his both for his right now and for his future he needs to have a really strong camp I think absolutely and I I do want to throw out the fact, you know, the reason I don't have Xavier Watts on this list is because I think, I think we know fine. who he is. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, he's starting. There's nobody that's going to take his spot. We we know who he is. Now, just like we know who Joe Alt is or or Blake Fisher or whatever. Now, do they have? does he have to take his game, you know, take a step up, take his game to another level? Yes, of course. But we know who Xavier Watts is. I have no qualms about what he's going to bring to the table at safety and I I saw some people had him on their list that's why he's not on my list because I I feel like I know what I'm going to get 
from from X. Yeah. And yes, Alohi Gilman's brother, I'm probably not going to say his name right. It's like Alakai, I think, something along those lines. Uh, Gilman does play for Stanford, as uh, King was asking. So yes, he does have a brother out there. There you go. All right. Do you have anybody on the offensive side of the ball? Most of your guys My have been deep. Top two. So My far. top two. Your top are, two are actually. offensive guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, let's see. What give me a give me a position first because I I've got a feeling at least one of these two we're going to be matching because I have a few, not a few. I guess I've got a handful. Okay. Still to go on my list. So wide receiver, Deion Colsey. Uh, no, no. Oh, interesting. No, nope. I've I've got Deion Colsey on mine. D Troll Hunter, since we finally know how to say that handle, has <laughs> Deion Colsey on his list as well. Uh, so who's your wide receiver that you have? So I have Tobias on here. Okay. But for a different reason, right? So okay. my, some of my other guys were like, okay, they need to take a stranglehold of like the number two spot or, you know, the second safety next to Xavier Watts or, you know, the third corner, like that kind of stuff. Tobias needs to make a case to be the number one dude. He, I mean – if anybody's going to take that spot over, it's going to be, I think, in my opinion, between uh, JT and Tobias, right? If they can both take a step, and and I think Tobias is going to take a bigger step than than JT, right? Because I think, again, I don't have uh, JT on here because I feel like I know what I'm going to get from him. They're going to move him around. They're going to put him in different positions. They're going to, you know, put him in a position to have a very good. Um, match up, you know, with a linebacker or a safety or a smaller corner or whatever. Thomas is going to be fine. Like he's going to I think he's going to be fine with what he's going to do. Tobias needs to just he needs to be the dude. And we saw flashes of it, right? We've seen flashes of it in practice. You know, he's got one catch for one touchdown, right? I mean, that's a heck of a stat line, but yeah. he needs to be a dude when it's all said and done. And that's why I think he's a guy who needs to have a big fall camp because he needs to establish himself as the alpha wide receiver in that room. Now, those other guys in the wide receiver room, yeah, they all need to take a step up. There's no doubt about it. I think the whole room is going to be fine. But who's going to be the alpha? I think Tobias can be that alpha. And we're going to know that really quickly, I think, watching fall camp. I I mean – you laid it out nicely. If we were doing debate competition, you know, I think you made a strong case for yourself. You know, like you could have you could have stood up stood up there against James Carville and you know really acquitted yourself in the in the debate portion of this contest. So you did well. Um, I just I mean, it felt like Tobias made a strong case for himself in the spring. You know, like but I you know just like I was saying with Jabron Payne, so did Jabron with his opportunities, but he has kind of still more to prove. Jabron, I'm talking about. I, right. I mean, I can see what you're saying. about it. it feels like Tobias is there, but again, you're right. One catch, 42 yards. There's still a lot in front of him. So I completely understand what you're saying. I think I put Deion Colsey on my list because, you know, like the guys that you talk, it feels like Tobias has the Z locked up. But, I mean, you definitely do want to see sort of more to that case. Like he's he's out there day in and day out proving that he is the number one guy. I get that. Sure. Like I, I feel like guys like Jaden Thomas, Chris Tyree, and Jaden Greathouse, compared to Deion Colsey, you know, like Colsey is more that X. Those three guys, you know, are that F, but they can also, they have more position flexibility. So like, like Deion Colsey could conceivably be kicked out by Jaden Thomas you know, out there at X, whereas you're going to, you know, keep Chris Tyree in the, you know, again, because I think those guys have more position flexibility. I feel like it's a little bit bigger for Dion Colsey, who had, you know, things were much more quiet for him in the spring. You know, like we saw some good things from him, obviously in those clutch third down type situations last season, but I feel like he needs to kind of show that, that he can, he can continue that climb. And, you know, like, show that without a shadow of a doubt, especially with these young receivers coming on behind him, that that 
he still deserves to be out there. He needs to make a case for himself, I think. Yeah, I like it. I think that's uh, he he needs to make a case for himself from a depth perspective, right? Because that if he shows up and he kind of uh, hits his his talent level where it should be as a junior, right? Because I believe that's what he's going to be a third year kid. Mm-hmm. Then this becomes an even deeper wide receiver room, and you don't have to count on the freshman as much as you think. You know what I mean? Like, right? I I just I feel. I feel like, you know, Colsey, his time of being the alpha is obviously not – I don't think that's going to be the case, and I don't think that's what you're saying. No. But his emergence makes saying, them deeper. Right. Can yeah. he be more than just like a role guy? You know, sure. if that's like third down – like can he be a guy who's who's on the field for what? Like at least 60 to 70% of the snaps? Because it feels like Tobias, Jaden Thomas, and Chris Tyree – are all guys who are going to, you know, who should be on the field probably 80% plus snaps. Right. Like who, you know, between Colsey, Greathouse, Braylon James, Rico Flor, you know, like those kind sure. of guys, like can can Colsey kind of stay above the fray and show that he needs to be out there more than mm-hmm. just a couple, you know, handful of snaps a game, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Offensive line or tight end? Is that your, which which position? O-line is my number one. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see. I've got Rocco Spindler slash Christophic. Like, okay. Christophic came out of the spring ahead at that position at right guard. I saw this question that I start up in the chat. Where did it go? Uh, Salty was asking, does Billy Shrouth need a strong camp to secure a starting spot. I feel like he is pretty nope. much the lock there <laughs> left guard. Yeah. I think he's locked that down. Yeah. He just needs to be himself. He just needs yeah. to be steady and be himself. His talent is overwhelming. He's the starter at left guard. There's no doubt yeah. about that in my mind. So, so yeah. So between Spindler and Christophic, who made your list? Spindler actually. And I feel like, and we kind of talked about this when we broke down the offensive line, Brian and I last week, is that when you're talking about an offensive line, consistency is the key and teamwork is the key, obviously. And when you're talking about Andrew Kristofik, I am very confident he's just going to go out there. He's going to do his job. He's going to be assignment correct. He's going to work really well with the two guys on either side of him, both veterans He's going to be steady Eddie. He's going to do his job and be fine. If Rocco ends up starting at right guard over Andrew Kristofik, that means a couple of things. Number one, that means he beat out steady Eddie, which means Rocco has become steady and he has become assignment sound, et cetera. And I don't think anybody's going to argue that Rocco has a higher ceiling than Andrew Kristofik. So that makes the right side of this offensive line that much better if Rocco legitimately beats out Andrew Kristofik. And so if he has a big fall and he beats out Andrew, then that means this offensive line is going to be pretty stinking good. So that's why he's number one on my list, because if this offensive line is as good as I think they can be with the starting five of Alt shrouth um why is his name escaping me our center the center uh zeke Uh, carell zeke carell rocco spindler and fisher that's potentially elite offensive line now they can be a very successful offensive line with andrew kristovic i'm not throwing him to the wolves by any stretch of the imagination but rocco's ceiling is higher and so if he could be as steady as as Kristoffic, then that offensive line is going to take a huge step in the right direction. So Rocco's yeah. the guy that I have number one because I think he takes this offense to another level with him being the starter. Yeah, and the question is, can he catch up to Kristoffic? Because Kristoffic was much more consistent in the spring, and he's got more experience overall, you know, the few games over the course of his career. And obviously he's got, you know, some years on him, got a little size on it, you know, the whole thing. And that's why, you know, I, and I completely agree with everything that you're saying about Rocco Spindler, but, it, but 
that kind of also makes it a big fall camp for Christophic at the same time, because if Spindler is showing that, you know, he's getting close to, to what you're talking about, can he now overtake him? Can Christophic continue to improve enough that he stays ahead of Rocco Spindler? You know, cause like he's waited his time and he's shown that he's good enough to be out there and, and be the guy right now. So can he hold Rocco Spindler off? You know, so that's why I think that sure. it's also a big fall camp for him. See it. That's my list. So what do you got left? Yeah. What do you have now? I, I only have, I have, I only have a couple more. We, I find it curious that we haven't mentioned Jalen Sneed and really, I think I saw Sneed's name come up maybe once in the chat the whole time. And that was, that was early on when we started off talking about a little bit of linebackers. Like, I feel like, like it's, you know, again, this is a guy who I think we're definitely going to see in some pass rush situations, you know, like some package type stuff. Do you feel like he's a guy who could work his way into other situations, you know, like, like get closer to every down situations or where do you see him right now coming into camp? So I think he's going to be a package guy to start off with. I think he could be, you know, the nickel, like kind of the Bo Bauer the Bo Bauer role, right? Right. He's not not a starter per se in the base, but he's a starter in the packages, which means he could be activated. He could drop into coverage. There's a lot of different things that he could do. You know, and if he has a big, if he has a potentially big fall, which I think would be great for everybody, would be if, you know, he could potentially take over the Will spot. He could potentially take over the Rover spot. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's hard to say because he's kind of a tweener. He's kind of practicing multiple positions, so if he has a if he has a big fall, obviously that's a good thing, and that's going to make obviously a lot of uh, chat people happy and a lot of fans happy. Yeah. Uh, but this is his opportunity. There's no doubt about that. This is a big opportunity for him because I think he's going to get those opportunities. Now, can he take advantage of those opportunities? Or, you know, obviously that remains to be seen. Right. I would love to have his athleticism on the field, but even at the very least, if he's a package linebacker and he's out there every time they're in nickel or every time they're in dime or whatever, I think he could be very successful in that role. Yeah. And I would be very fine with that. But, you know, to have an athlete like that out there in those kind of, you know, like <laughs> compare him to Bo Bauer. Like if, if he's inheriting sort of the, you know, the Bo Bauer role right now, that that's a pretty big uh, jump yeah. in the kind of athlete who you've got out there in so those situations. So that, I mean, I think that that would be a very good spot for him. But again, just more consistency, showing right. that that he's picking things up, grasping things, which it sounds like he's doing. So, you know, I think that's big. Tight ends is the only other one, you know, sure. and I've seen, you know, some people say, hey, you know, we need to figure out who the tight end. You know, there's there's plenty of talent there. I think between, you know, who they've got, Holden Stays, Mitchell Evans, Eli mm-hmm. Raritan coming back, Kevin Bauman. It's, it's hard to say who it's really bigger for. I think, you know, right. just because there's, there's some, you know, there's some, some good players at that position. Like for, you know, for some of those guys, obviously it's just, especially Bauman, it's just staying healthy. Yeah. That's the exactly. biggest thing. Well, and I think we know, I think we can both agree that we know what Mitchell Evans is going to bring to the table. Right. And I think he can be a very good tight end in this offense. You know, he's not Michael Mayer, but nobody's going to expect him to be Michael yeah. Mayer. And, and I don't, don't think have to be now because nobody I think wants receivers. him to be yeah. Michael Mayer, right? Because there's going to be more talent around him. So I think he can be a very effective, very good tight end in this offense. Now, what does the depth chart look like behind him? That's obviously the biggest question mark. And injuries, youth, all of those things are going to play a part. And it was difficult. I Like I thought about the tight end position. But then I was like, well, I don't really know who to select because right. I don't know exactly. who's 100% healthy and what that health looks like and, you know, all of those things, right? I mean, we don't know. We, I mean, Davis Shearwood, is he the number two? Like, I, I don't know. Um, and so that's why I left tight end off the list just because this would be a more of like a group thing. Like, okay. I agree. Kind of like I did with the quarterbacks, right? Like, who's going to be number two? And what does that mean for everybody else behind it? Because Notre Dame is still going to use two tight ends. So whoever the second tight end is, is going to get playing time. Like that's still going to happen. It's not going to look the same as it did 
under Tommy Reese, but they're still going to use multiple tight ends. So they still need to have two, three, four tight ends they can count on. I just don't know what order that's going to be. That's just after Mitchell Evans. I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's big for all the tight ends just for what that looks like, but no matter who ends up out there, I think they're going to be fine at tight. Right. It, it just like we started by saying, you're not going to have Michael Mayer, but you don't need Michael Mayer for what right. this offense is, is going to be and really what it needs to be. And I don't think Mitchell Evans needs to emerge. I, like I said, I think we know who he is. He can catch the ball. He can block. He can run routes. Like we've seen it. It's just he was in the shadow of the, you know, arguably the best tight end in Notre Dame history. Mm-hmm. But we know. And remember during the bowl game, they interviewed Michael Mayer at one point, and he he was like just gushing about Mitchell Evans. And I want right. to say he got a catch while they were talking to Michael Mayer on the sideline. He's like. This guy's a great tight end. Like, I think we know who Mitchell Evans is. And I think just just by the fact that he's going to be the starter, he's going to emerge. Like, he's we know who he is. So it's it's really what's behind him, I think, is the bigger question. I agree. All right. And I saw, I think it was uh, King saying, who's RB2, you know, running back number two? We kind of talked about that a little bit. You know, that's, that's why I think it's big for, you know, yeah. Jabron Payne, but at the same, you know, because you're getting Jadarian Price back. Right. I personally, I think it's going to end up being Jadarian Price. Again, that assumes health. I think that that's who it's going to be because it would have, that's who it would have been last year. It would have been Price ahead of Logan Diggs if Price were healthy last year, at least coming out of spring. That's, you know, exactly what it looked like. So I think that's who it's going to be. Again, that's why I think it's a big, you know why Jabron Payne needs a strong camp, and I mean Devin Ford kind of needs one to an extent as well because he's the new guy here, and so I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see what that running back situation looks like. I think whatever the combination ends up being, they're again they're going to be fine at running back. You know what you've got in Audrick Estime, and you've got some other really good talent to play alongside him back there. Right, absolutely.